Hello, my name is Blaze Bailey. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attack. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hey, this is Dan Lorenzo from Hades, nonfiction, The Cursed, and my horrible solo music. You listen to my boy Victor on Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Ron Bumble for Fall of Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windor from Monster Magnet, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Kiske talking, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attack. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Don Jameson from That Metal Show on DH1 Classic, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Crank it. Hey, everybody, this is your big daddy-o, Gene Hoagland, who has played with your favorite metal bands, and you are listening to Mars Attacks Radio. This is Kurt Weinstein from Crowbar, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. to episode 41 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And what we heard there was a little genetic encryption by Bonded by Blood. This episode is going to be split up into three interviews. Two interviews with Jerry Garcia, who initially, when I interviewed him, uh, was part of Bonded by Blood. Two weeks after I interviewed him, I received a press release mentioning that he was out of the band. So, uh, what we have for you during this episode is initially Jerry in Bonded by Blood. At the time, they were on tour with Lazarus AD. So, we have uh, Jeff Pollock from Lazarus AD, Sandwich in Between, and then we have The Aftermath. (laughs) what happened to Jerry afterwards, and the new band that uh, that he's formed with um, Jose Barrales, the original lead singer of Bonded by Blood. So some interesting things going back and forth there. And it's interesting that they would meet up again uh, due to the fact or due to some of the things that Jerry mentions in the first 
part of his interview. If you're a fan of the band, uh, if you're a fan of any type of metal or hard rock, I recommend listening to this because he does talk a lot about the hardships of being on the road, the inner turmoil that um, can take place within a band uh, when things go right, when things go wrong. And uh, it's very interesting. And um, we discussed a few things off um, off air uh, regarding sites to check out. And I'm going to have links to some of those sites up on the website this week. That's MarsAttacksRadio.com. Uh, before jumping into this interview, I do want to remind you guys to go to MarkStriegelRadio.com. That's M-A-R-K-S-T. R-I-G-L radio.com and uh, I actually help program Stream A and uh, that's where you'll also find uh, Mars Attacks Radio which debuts every Thursday night uh, 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific and to check out the times uh, from around the world just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and uh, you'll find all the Listings right there on the top right-hand corner of the home page. What else? Uh, Been reviewing a bunch of things. Have some of those reviews up on the website. Have people agreeing, disagreeing, and everything in between. So uh, it's interesting to see how you, you, the listeners, feel uh, about some of the things that I have up there. Uh, Some things that may be considered metal, some things that uh, some people will dispute whether they're metal, hard rock, or maybe even pop did a review of the new Evanescence song. Um, Anyway, let's uh, get things going here. Let's jump into uh, probably the track that most people know off of Exile to Earth by Bonded by Blood. This is Prototype Death Machine, and after that we'll jump into part one with Jerry.
bands like Overkill, Exodus, Forbidden. Um, what's it like for a band like you guys to play with such legendary thrash bands? It's an honor. It's, it's great, you know? It's not like, well, I could say, I'm, I'm, like for me personally, it's not like we're starstruck or anything, you know? Like At least, at least I'm not. I mean, they're, they're dudes just like us, man. They've just been doing it right. for way longer than we have. Uh, it's, it's kind of inspiring to see them do it, you know? It's like they just they've done it all their lives and we've only done it like a fraction of what they've done and you learn a lot from them every night they're not only that but they're all such cool people you know like you 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 might have the misconception like you said of other people like oh maybe they're dicks or maybe they're douchebags or i wonder what they're like and then like first day you meet them they're like the coolest people in the world and you see why they've been in the business so long like you you just you have to be like a cool guy if you're a douchebag and you're like (laughs) 
If you're a dick and you fucking think you're like on top of the fucking world, and you're never gonna make it anywhere. You just you have to be real and you have to play your music and hopefully people like it and keep going strong. So uh, they they really made us feel welcome at least. That was great. Cool. If you had a choice to play with another legendary thrash band, who would you pick? Thrash? Damn. Megadeth? Okay. That'd be fucking great to tour with them. That's one of the bands I look up to a lot. And that'd be cool. I like to tour. I actually like to play with Metallica too, to be honest. <laughs> but it'd be kind of weird, you know, because it's just, it's not the same anymore. Like, they, somewhere along the line, they, 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 they changed a lot, which is great. I mean, they're musicians too. They have to evolve, and I don't judge them for it. But Megadeth would be epic for me because their latest albums have been so kick-ass too. Yeah, like, I, I fucking love it. So I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think that's really cool about them is that even these last two albums where they sort of, or actually the last three albums. See, this is what happens. You start to say, well, you know, the last two. Well, you know, the system has failed was pretty cool too. You start to say, all right, well, the you know, really outside of maybe one album along the way, everything's been pretty strong. So that's cool. And even the last two albums. I think were really, really strong when they got back to being more like a band. And Endgame was still like my favorite album that's been released since, yeah. since that album was released. And yeah, that says a lot because that's a fucking great album. Really cool album. Yeah. I think Chris Broderick brings a lot to that band. I think back to, you know, maybe going towards what Marty Friedman did for the band with the type of shredding that he does. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what they can record. It's gonna be fucking. He's such a good guitar player. I, th- yeah. I think he might be better than Friedman, I've, in in a different level. I mean, Friedman's great, but I think he could bring a lot more than Friedman ever brought. I've I've had this discussion with someone that speaks highly of your band, uh, Mr. James J. Larue, uh, former guitarist of uh, LaRue, Holy Grail. Man, fucking Larue, he's a good friend. Yeah, yeah. and him and actually uh, Eric Klubert, who was uh, ex guitarist of White Wizard as well. Okay. Um, the three of us were going back and forth on Facebook regarding this specific thing, and they were pointing out, you know, from a guitar standpoint, why one was better, why the other one was better, and it was pretty cool, you know. So it's, I, know, I think they're both great, but yeah, I, I'm very, very interested to see what fucking he can bring to the table. I think it's going to be. And I now think, with Ellison back in the band as and, well. Oh man, one of my favorite bass players too. It's just like, <laughs> you can't go wrong, you know. It's, it's like a special atmosphere going on right now with that band, and I'm very, right. very excited to see them. That, that's why I think it'd be amazing to tour with them. Yeah. Cool. One of the bands that I've seen the most, actually, over the years. So would be neat. I'd probably end up seeing you with Megadeth. <laughs> Never know. That'd be great. How challenging was the switch from Jose to Mauro? Well, it was a little challenging because Jose basically like left us in a fucking shithole when he left. I mean, it's like... It would have been cool if, like, he left and we had months or something, or, like, at least a full month to, like, rehearse and, like, get shit down, maybe, like, audition people or, like, have a more, like, thought-out approach to what we were going to do. But halfway into Exodus, like, we're all having a great time, and I don't know, we're just like, yeah, I'm quitting the band. And it's just like, motherfucker, like, what do we do now? You know, you're on the road, and, like, we were in Canada, I think, when he told us, and and we're just, like, discussing, like, this is just, it sucks because... Now, like, we're not going to have a break. We're going to come home. We were thinking, oh, we're just going to go home and just fucking relax and, like, do what we do. Like, no, I don't have to go home and rehearse with whoever it is going to be, like, every day. And it was either find somebody or... or I, I was actually probably going to do vocals. I mean, I think me or Alex could have, like, pulled it off, at least for the tour. 
until we could find somebody that could like um, you know do a better job but we we made a list of the people that were local and that were possibly willing to to fill in at least for the tour it was never meant to be a, a full-time slot and uh, Mara was the best option from those so we uh, plus he's a good friend of ours we hit him up and he basically gave up his job and everything like on the spot to be in the <laughs> band and went home learned all the songs and he's been doing his best you know every night and it's been cool but it's been it was challenging it was because it's not easy coming from like his band to be on tour for three months straight because that tour afterwards was just so long so long right singing every night and then it was very difficult for him but I mean it's got to be an immediate jump. I mean, you're going from a, a small circuit probably to jumping out, like you're saying, three months straight, whereas, <clears throat> excuse me, um, previous to that, are you just playing, what, once or twice a week maybe? Yeah, maybe, like, maybe like once every month <laughs> or twice. Um, it's, not, it's not easy, and uh, he's, I don't know how he did it, but he did it, you know. Right. I was mentioning to Carlos before. The switch caught me off guard as well because I had interviewed um, Jose and I'm getting ready to edit the interview and put it out. I put it out and, you know, I get no feedback from the label and I'm thinking, oh, what's going on? It's odd because normally, you know, there's there's some type of feedback and and then all of a sudden, you know, I read on the web, oh, Jose has just left uh, Bonded by Blood and I'm thinking, shit, you know what, crap luck at least for me, you know, you you put something out there and then it turns out that you know for me so I could imagine what it was like for you guys where you you're right in the situation and you know something like that takes place um what are the differences between Jose and and Mauro when it comes to singing um vast (laughs) (laughs) Jose was great you know like he was great with what what he did and like his approach I guess to to singing the songs was cool and all, but right, he was. I could, I guess you could say limited because Morrow has such a wide range. Like, okay, he can do what he does, but he can also sing. He can also do a lot of things, and so I think we we gain a lot in the vocal department with Morrow. He could, uh, he could very much bring something new to the table that I think Jose would have never been able to bring. Okay, I, mean, I don't think it would have changed much from what he did in the previous albums. If he would have stayed two more albums, it would have probably been the same just repeated and with him I think it opens up whole like doors like massive doors for new possibilities and that's that's always good for a band right what was it like the first time that you played with him after you know after telling me this that you know he, he's got so much of a, a wider range what was it like you know plugging in playing with him and then realizing oh my god this guy's singing my stuff and and I can see you know all these doors opening up it wasn't like that at first, actually. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it was it was extremely choppy. Okay. Uh, the timing was horribly off, and it was just tough. It was, it's, I'm sure it was very tough for him. And like, we try not to give him a hard time, but after a while, we're like, "All right, motherfucker, like, you gotta get the timing right. Like, fucking practice the songs." And like, he he, he has done it. He's he's doing all right, you know. And uh, but. He, he, we just know he could he could sing like he can, he has a voice on him he could do a lot of things so we knew that he had the possibility that's what, that's probably what like pissed me off at first because I'm like man like you have such a huge possibility ahead of you and like yeah just fucking go ahead and learn the songs like do the, the timing right 
and uh, it's been, it's been, I'm sure it's been complicated for him. Like now he's doing a good job, and it's, it's always been great. Like the feedback has been very, very positive. Uh, that's that's good. That's good to have. Okay. And have you guys started writing any new material while on tour? Or do you guys kind prefer of. to wait to get home to write stuff? Kind of, because, I mean, we all write on our own, but it's a little hard to do on tour, you know? And then, like, you come home from a long tour, and the last thing you want to do is, like, sometimes, like, practice or, let alone, like, pick up, like, your instrument, like, and, like, focus on writing new material. Like, sometimes we just want to sleep. Like, we just want to come home and just relax and, like, enjoy like the time we're gonna have home because we know we're gonna be gone for another like month or two and then come back for like a week and then leave again so uh, I think we're focusing on just writing as soon as we're done with Sepultura I mean I have a few like probably like two songs complete worth of material at least that I could bring to the table I think Juan's been writing riffs lately which sound pretty badass so I could kind of see where the next album's gonna go okay so uh, but but we're not really gonna get together and, and like write until like we're ready, which is going to be probably once we're done touring. Do you think people will be surprised when they hear the new material? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, getting back to the um, to Mauro here, does your sing or I'm sorry, does your writing approach now switch because he's part of the band? We don't know, because I mean he's never. We don't know what what he can write. We don't know what his writing style is like. Most of the material on Exile to Earth was written by me and Jose. So a lot of that same style is definitely gonna exist still because I'm more than likely gonna be writing the songs. So I'd, I'd like to see what we can do. Like I'd like to get together with Morrow and, and see what we can write, see what we can come up with. Uh, but I think I think it's gonna change a bit, but it's still gonna be true to, this, to the old style. I mean, we're not gonna like bust a dream theater out of nowhere. That'd be weird. <laughs> So after mentioning that in the interview, if you ever do bust out a Dream Theater type thing, I will make sure and just have these last two minutes of the uh, interview right there up on the web. Well, not for the third album. <laughs> I'm not saying we won't we won't change or evolve. I mean, we like challenging ourselves and we like playing complicated music and learning. And uh, who knows who knows what we'll write? You know, like five right. or ten years on the road. True. If we're even together that long, you know, like. But if we do, I mean, why not challenge ourselves and why not do new things? But you never know. I mean, it's too early to speak about that right now. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Does the retro thrash or any name similar to that, does that label bother you? No, not really. I mean, it's not like we consider ourselves like, yeah, we're retro thrash as fuck or something. Like, <laughs> people label you that, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's people's opinions. And if they want to label us thrash and that's cool if they want to label us crap which I've heard before and that's good too I don't care like we just play music we, we we like to play what we play it's not like we set out to write thrash we don't we really we honestly don't right we just we if we had a different drummer mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't even be thrash at all like we, we, we wouldn't sound thrash we'd probably have like some guy like doing blast beats or something and it's and it still sound good in my opinion right but it's just like all our different like influences just fuse and and that's who you get like especially like on exile and i think the next album's even going to be more like not progressive but more like technical and more like precise more uh well thought out you know like more mature it's it's hard to say yeah but well we write 
music and if it's thrash it's thrash if it's not then it's not and i don't know so it's whatever comes out organically you guys aren't you guys don't sit down and say come on we got to write a thrash album well no i mean we don't like get together and go like all right man well we got to wear our denim jackets tonight because <laughs> we can't write anything without them um, you know it's it, it sounds cheesy as fuck i know a lot of bands that are like that we, but it, it makes sense, you know. <laughs> we are, yeah. Well, we 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 just write what we like, and uh, I guess it sounds thrash. It's thrash. People love it, and we love them for loving us. So it's it's great. Gotcha. Tell me a little bit about your gear, your setup. Uh, on this tour. Yeah. Well, I have none of my gear actually on this tour. <laughs> it's all it's all rented stuff. Well, what a, gear would you normally use then? Um, back home, I have a, an acoustic head. A B400. It's a nice little head. Uh, I, I love it. It gets a really like warm tone, but you could also get a very crunchy tone from it. It's it's very similar to Ampeg, except it costs about like one fourth of the price. <laughs> and they're very very tour worthy, uh, very durable. And I have the, I have a, I also I'm endorsed by Ibanez. Okay. So I play Ibanez basses. I love Ibanez. Uh, right now, right now I have a one of the, like the lower models because I figured I might fuck my base up in Europe right so I'll just get this one and see what happens and the guys from Ibanez are really cool and they hooked me up with like really really good hardware for it and like some good pickups so that sounds decent it sounds pretty cool and uh back home I have a lot of uh I, I use a lot of uh Jacks and Charvels when we practice and stuff because I like how they feel and stuff but on the road like I like to use my Ibanez guitars uh you know and they're great I love them I also have a, a DeMarzio endorsement Okay. And uh, they, I use a lot of their stuff. I, I like their straps, like their strap locks and stuff. Right. They're like the best because before I would use like those shitty straps and then your bass would drop out of nowhere or like, and it's like the worst, the worst shit ever. So. Right. So that's some of my gear. Gotcha. You already mentioned that you guys are going on a tour with Sepultura after this, and then you guys are stopping, taking some time off, and then you'll possibly be back next spring, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, things can change any, like any, at any time down the road, but I think we're pretty positive that this is going to be the last. I mean, we have nothing confirmed after Sepultura. It's, just, it's been such a long run for the album, right? and it's been almost back-to-back. We've maybe had not even a month off since we started back in August, so uh, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Sepultura, right? Which is like six weeks, I think, because the dates keep adding up because it's selling out. <laughs> so it's gonna be uh, Sepultura, then we're done, and then we're gonna try to write, you know, material. So we're aiming for spring of next year for the release, so that we could possibly come to Europe. Uh, for the first tour for that new album. Okay. That's 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 our goal right now. That would be nice. Cool. And um, where should people go to find out about the band? Um, we have a MySpace. If anybody goes on that <laughs> cemetery of websites. Yeah, that's the, that's a, a daily thing that I have. Should I shut this site down finally, or should I? I try. I try <laughs> logging in. And my computer just crashes. It's like they went out of their way to just make it fucking horrible. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I rarely use it. Um, but it's still there. All our dates are up on there. You can check out our music. It's great still for bands. I mean, all the info's on there, which is yeah, which is very good. So MySpace is good. Uh, 
you can always check out our Facebook, which we actually use a lot more because it's so user friendly and so, and you can interact with fans a lot more. Like you know, people always write to us, and then we always write back because it's it's nice to talk to fans. And uh, yeah. so, so if you ever want to contact us personally, like Facebook is great. Plus, you can see a lot of our like daily mishaps. We also have a, a what's that shit called? A Tumblr, a Tumblr okay. account. So like. I haven't been doing it on this store because we don't have internet access, obviously, like back home. But, you know, we just update, like, random pics. We'll, we'll just, like, kind of, like, to keep people updated what's going on with the band. So we, like, we see, like, something funny happens. We'll take a picture and we'll, like, up, update it. And, like, and it and the links to our Facebook and MySpace. So uh, we're pretty we're pretty web savvy, to be honest. We're, we're on Facebook and we're, on, we're even on Twitter, I think. <laughs> I think so. They're all linked. So, I like, all I got to do right. is update one and they all get updated. Yeah. But, uh... It's uh, twitter.com slash official, no, bonded by blood LA, and then facebook.com slash official bonded by blood, and then myspace.com slash bonded by blood.
There you go, a little desolate future by Bonded by Blood, coming off of Exile to Earth. And that, that was the first part of the interview, conducted that in Bilbao, Spain, uh, a few months ago. And um, like I mentioned, Lazarus AD was on tour with them. So what we're going to do is bring you a few tracks by Lazarus AD. Start things off here with the title track off of the new album, Black River Flows. Uh, we're going to play that and then jump into the interview with Jeff Pollock, lead singer and bass player of Lazarus AD. <laughs> Black Wage, the Russia's side. 
So let's see. Uh, how difficult was it for you guys to come out of the uh, hotbed of Kenosha, Wisconsin? <laughs> um, well, I mean, as difficult as uh, pretty much any band, you know what I mean? Uh, especially nowadays with the internet and stuff like that, it really, it doesn't um, really, I don't know, I guess it sort of hinders you being there, but we are in between Milwaukee and Chicago, so it wasn't like we, you know, we could still play big cities, you know, when we needed yeah. to. Um, and uh, so that definitely helped, but uh, yeah, our, our hometown ain't really much going on. I mean, we definitely like started there, but you know, we got our big break when we opened for Anthrax in Milwaukee, and then you know started playing gigs in Chicago and then did, did our full length, and that's basically how we got out. You know, so it wasn't it wasn't like uh, building up like a big scene or anything. It was just kind of right. like we had a couple big shows, and you know, we played the local shit, and then uh, we just did the record, and it finally caught on. Okay, and um, that, that's cool though that you mentioned that I didn't almost put two and two together because there are a lot of bands that are you know uh well i guess the bi- biggest example is slipknot coming out of yeah, iowa right, you have right. you know Celador who no longer exists that's right, from, right, nebraska. from nebraska they're yeah. from places that are atypical where they're not you know yeah, new york yeah. la florida it, texas it does give you a little bit of advantage as well though too you know because if you're not from you know like new york or la i mean there's so much competition in those cities True. you know what i mean you come from a city where there isn't any competition yeah you know i mean it's it doesn't make it easier but i mean you're just you're the only you know you're the only horse in town yeah so yeah. makes sense this is why I do interviews because you <laughs> get to talk to people and you get to see things from a from a different perspective yeah, yeah, where totally. You know, you're not there to understand, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. what's going on. Um, although The Onslaught was a good album, I mean, pound for pound, uh, Black River Flow, to me, it it eclipses the other album. And to awesome. me, I'm not saying this to bullshit you yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's one of the best albums that's come out this year. Awesome. Hell yeah. So, um the album is obviously much more focused and much more mature from a musical standpoint. Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I mean, what exactly were you guys setting to accomplish with this album? Um, just basically the next progression in, in the music, you know what I mean? I mean, the first record was very, you know, kind of punk rock, throw and go. You know, we recorded it in 10 days. A lot of the songs were written when we were still in high school, you know, and it was definitely a different time period in our lives. Um, this one was obviously more focused. It sounds more focused than it was, you know. We this time through it was like, okay, we have ten weeks, let's write a let's write a record, you know what I mean? And it was kinda not an experiment, but like definitely pushed it to what what we can do, what you know, what works, what doesn't work, you know, experimenting with things that we had never tried before, you know, especially in the studio. We were in the studio for, you know, like like you know, seven weeks or whatever it was and and just to be able to have that freedom to, you know, kinda explore and do things like that. Um it was just a whole new world for us, and we just wanted to see how we handled it and, and what was going to come out of it. And, and uh, it, it, it was kind of an experiment. We didn't really know how the songs were going to gel in the end and how they're going to fit with uh, the other songs that we're playing, but uh, we're liking the way it's coming out so far, so we're pretty happy. Okay. Um, how long did it take you guys to write the material? Um, like I said, I'd say 80% of it was written in that 10 weeks after okay. we, were, we were done with Creator. Uh, we did most of it in that in that time frame. Maybe one or two songs was was already done, but yeah, the other was all written in that time frame. So okay. Yeah. Do you typically write on the road? Do you? No, we never write on the road. Ever. Okay. No, never. So it's always when we're home. Just like Jerry was saying, you guys don't have the champagne room in the back of the bus either to uh, stretch out and record anything, right? No, not at all. <laughs> not that we would want to. I mean, you're so tired on the road. I mean, from everything else that you do, you don't even think about... I don't think about writing. I just... Yeah. I, I don't even want to see a guitar when I'm on the road because, you know, <laughs> you're just... 
there's just so many other factors involved. And that may sound weird to a lot of people and say, well, he's not into it. It's not that. It's just when you're on the road every day, you know what I mean? And then, like, you play every night and, like, just things get different, you know what I mean? So, like, the last thing you want to do is, like, play more guitar, you know? Yeah. Just, I want to be in a, a different setting when I'm writing music, you know? And that's, I think it has a lot to do with what we're saying, though. You know, I think people have this misconception of every band has a huge bus, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. an old Motley Crue video or something, yeah, you know, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, even if you have that bus, like you're saying, you know, you're constantly, you know, on the road for how many hours a day? Right, yeah. And, you know... Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's a 24-hour <laughs> day job, you know? Yeah. When you go on the road for a month, you know, you're working every day, pretty much every minute, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just how it is. That's yeah. the lifestyle. But it's worth it, you know? It's cool. Yeah. Um, why did you... And I'm gonna fuck this name up. Um, why did you decide to work with Chris, it's um, it's Chris Wisco. That's what he's called now. Wisco. Yeah, that's what his new name is because it's because it's easier to pronounce. <laughs> Serious? Yeah, yeah. It's Chris Wisco. Okay, Chris Wisco and James Murphy. Why did you uh, decide to work with them? Um, well, we went with Chris on the first record because basically, again, you know, coming from not really anywhere known, he was pretty much the only guy in town that had the professional rig that you know that he did. Right. Um, and he had done some bands that we had heard of, at least. You know, he did like Michelangelo, and he did Soil, and he did he did November's Doom and stuff like that. So like, at least you know he had done somebody, you know. Um, and uh, that was back in 2007, and we worked with him, um, and it was it was a really good experience. And he happened to be you know 20 minutes away from where we lived, so we were able to commute back and forth to the studio very easily. You know, keep expenses down. And that whole record was was self funded. You know, at the time, um, and then. Uh, once we got signed, I mean, we had James remix it because he had originally uh, mastered it. You know, gotcha. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that helped out, and then he, he remixed it and nailed the mix, and then obviously when it came down for the second record, it was a no-brainer, you know, let's go with the same people. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a good relationship, and it was it was better, it was way better this time, you know, just being able to work with those guys, and uh, they do a, a phenomenal job, and, and we were very happy with how it turned out. Okay. Yeah. James, the same James Murphy that played in... Um I'm screwing this up. Uh, Metal Church, I think it was. Or maybe, uh, I mean, he it's... played Metal Church. He played in Death. He played in Testament. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm screwing it up. I'm thinking of someone else that played in Nevermore and Testament. Yeah, that's um, that's um, is it Steve Smith. Steve Smith, Spike. Yeah. All right, messing that up. James Murphy is now. If I'm not fucking this up, is the guy that when James Hetfield burnt his arm was up playing with Metallica. Yeah, this is going back to like Injustice for All, I think. Oh, maybe. If I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. Yeah. For some reason I have a <laughs> mental block where I confuse. There's like three or four guys there that I mix up. So, um, as usual, as I mentioned to Jerry before, you answer more than one question, more more than one of the things that yeah, I've written yeah. down with. So I got to figure out where we're at here. Okay. As far as the um, the gear that you used for this album, how did it vary from the past album? Did you try anything new? Did you want to try anything new? Um, it was pretty much the same. I mean, uh, uh, the drums were the exact same drum set. Um, the bass rig was the exact same bass rig. Um, obviously a little bit different tone now. We have, we have new guitars than we did on the last record. Um, and then uh, they have new amps. They have the EVHs this time through. Versus okay. On the first record, it was all triple X's um, from PV. Um, but yeah, we just got a really good tone. I mean, we used uh, pretty much just straight through the EVH with the EVH cab. 
um, and then we used like a, a, a Marshall 1960A with it as well um, uh, for another cab, and it, we kind of blended the tones together, and it just turned out it just it just crushed like the tone kills, you know. It just James didn't even touch it really. He just he just mixed it in. He didn't you know he didn't have to reamp anything. He didn't. He, he just, it just sounded great the way it was. Um, and he, you know, the drums sounded really good, and, and he did a really good job with that, and it just all kind of came together. Okay. Um, with your gear in general, what are you usually using? Um, well, I use Ampeg. I've always used Ampeg, uh, the SVT4 Pro with the 810 cab. It's about as standard as standard gets for metal bass players. I mean, everybody's got an 810, and 90% of people have the SVT4, so I mean, right. there's a reason, you know, it's just, it's just a, the perfect quality amp uh, for metal. Um, and yeah, pretty much everybody uses it. So I mean, okay. you can get different tones out of it. Obviously, it's got a very big uh, EQ on it, um, but it's 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 very standard. So okay. yeah, I just roll with that. Your bass? Uh, it's ESP. Um, okay. We're all endorsed by ESP, and it's have EMG pickups, you know, active pickups. And I actually have this. I use the Phoenix model. It's a new model that they came out with. It kind of looks like a like a Gibson uh, Firebird or Thunderbird, okay. whatever the hell it's called. Um, Thunderbird yeah. is the standard. Firebird is flipped up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever that was. It's like kind of their version of it. So, and I'm loving it. And, um, it plays really well and sounds really good. And so, yeah, I'm probably going to probably gonna get a custom here next year. And, and, okay. And, yeah. So. What are you guys tuned to? Uh, we're Drop C Sharp. That's okay. where most of our songs are at. And there's a couple on the record that are standard uh, seven-string tuning. Okay. Uh, standard B. So, right. Yeah. It's fucked up because when they explain tuning to me in Spanish, I never know what the hell they're talking about because it's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's always based on, no, it's drop do or drop me or whatever. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. tell me, drop E, D, L, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, seeing you guys reminds me a lot of, well, obviously the first thing that when someone sees a thrash band that has a bass player for a singer, yeah, they think Slayer. Slayer. Right. But seeing you guys reminds me of one of my all-time favorite thrash bands, which is Sacred Reich. Okay, yeah. Because Phil Rind was also a mm. lead singer bassist as mm. well, and, and a lot of the music is much more geared towards what maybe what Sacred did as opposed to what yeah. uh, Slayer did. Is there any remote connection whatsoever there? Honestly, there, there really isn't. Um, okay. We actually, I mean, I, I know I know of the band. You know, I've heard some songs here and there, but, like, none of us really listen to them. You okay. Know, so, and we have been compared to them before, and... And uh, so that's not like, you know, out of the crazy, you know, out of the yeah. ballpark. I definitely people have compared us to that. And, you know, that's cool. I mean, uh, I just think it's kind of, it's funny sometimes because like people say, oh my God, you know, you sound a lot like this band. And they're like, I've never even heard of that band in my life. You know, it's just weird <laughs> right. how sometimes, you know, the influences are there, even though, you yeah. know, because maybe that's, you know, what they were influenced from and, and, and shit like that. It just all kind of, it just works out in that way. You yeah. Know? Th that's what I think. That's the most common thing that I think takes place is that maybe... I don't know, if Metallica influences someone or Testament influences someone, they're influencing, you know, 300 bands. Oh, absolutely. So maybe some off-the-wall band you've never heard of, you guys have all been influenced by, you know, the, the where the roots are actually coming yeah, from, from exactly. one band or another. Exactly. So there's similarities just because of that, mm -hmm. by coincidence, not for sure. because for sure. you're listening to some half-assed band from uh, wherever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You guys have been able to play with, you mentioned the Anthrax, um, you played with Testament as well. Uh, what are some of your favorite thrash bands that you have played with, some of the more legendary bands? That we haven't played with? That you have played with. Um, well, we played with Slayer in Japan, I mean, that was really cool. Um, we played with the Anthrax, we played with Testament, 
um, for Thrash. I mean, we toured with Creator in the States. We toured. With, we just got off tour with Death Angel. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it, you know, as far as, like, all the, all the bigger ones that we've toured with goes, you know. I'd like to tour with more, you know. I'd like to, you know, tour with Megadeth and, and tour, have a whole tour with Slayer and right. obviously Metallica. And I, I have, you know, I'm really good friends with the guys in Machine Head. And, uh, okay. I have, I have a feeling that at some point we're going to be touring together, you know, down the line. And Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, touring's touring. I mean, as long as there's people in front of you, it really doesn't matter what band you know you're with. I mean, it's all it's all for the sake of music and, you know, just having a good time and, and spread, right. spreading it out there. So, you know, we're always down to tour with whoever. It doesn't really matter. Okay, cool. Um, who was the singer of Anthrax when you played with them? Uh, it was the reunion tour. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was the first. It was the first tour that uh, he came back. That so. Belladonna yeah, came yeah. back. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. They played like the whole. Uh, they played a whole the whole Among the Living album. No um, shit. Yeah, and that night that yeah, we we played with them, and it, it was awesome. Yeah, they were really good. I can give you my Scott Ian story if you want. Yeah. Happened um, thirty minutes away from here. Um, before they came out and played I'm the Law, he attempted to speak in Spanish. Nice. And um, the difference between saying chicken and cock, as yeah. in dick in yeah, Spanish, yeah. is an O or an A at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's polla or polla, and he came out on stage and he you know, started goofing around that he doesn't know too much Spanish, blah, blah, blah. He says, uh, me gusta polla. So he said, literally, I love dick. dick. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I'm like... No, you didn't just say that. <laughs> and I've told the story to quite a few people. Bobby Blitz from Overkill loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. If you're able to put a bill together, and you just mentioned Machine Head and a bunch of other people, where you were able to pick a current band that's still around and a band that no longer exists to play with you guys, who Metallica would you pick? Pantera. No even question. <laughs> you don't even have to think about it. As our two favorite bands, and um, obviously fits both categories. So. First person to just bust that. Pantera is a frequent one, but yeah. Metallica, you're the first person to say it when I mention that. Fortunately, I don't know why people have, I don't know if it's the trying to stay cool amongst their friends because it's uh, I don't know. Cool. We're, we're, and and, and that, that's always weird to me, like, because, you know, like, especially like the diehard thrash fans, like, they, like, they don't like Metallica or whatever because what they are now. But, like, when we were growing up, like, it was such a different, like, when I was growing up, like it was the black album and load and reload and shit like that that got me into heavy music yeah. you know what i mean so like i wasn't there in the 80s when all that you know awesome shit was happening i had to dig back you mm-hmm. know, to find out all that stuff and and to me you know those are the songs that i grew up with so i love i love pretty much all metallica except for same anger really i mean i, th- I thought death magnetic was a, was a great record yeah. you know i don't let the haters hate they're they're the ones that are headlining and they're the ones selling out arenas you know what i mean like i don't you know i don't get it like i don't i don't understand how you can hate a band like that i mean they're the the greatest selling metal band of all time and and they're there's a reason for it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like their songs are just in my opinion the best i mean they just yeah you know they may not be the heaviest and they may take directions that other bands didn't but at the same time it's like here they are and and don't even tell me that if you were to go to a Metallica concert, whether or not you want to hear the rock songs, I mean, when they bust out Creeping Death and Master Puppets, and you can't take that away from them, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they wrote those songs. You yeah, know? yeah. It's just like, fuck the haters, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, there, there's, there are a few things going on there. and I mean, I, I've i said this a bunch of times. I think St. Anger still has 40s and songs on it. Yeah, yeah. And if it was mixed well, it might actually be, you know, something, you know? I had, um, I interviewed an author Wednesday night. And he felt that, he says that although he doesn't appreciate all of St. Anger, he likes the way that they recorded it because he f- thinks that it's like an old school like punk album, an old school punk yeah. approach where... Yeah, see, I'm kind of like on the fence on that. Like, uh, 
it is, but at the same time, when you're a band that's spent, when you, when you spend, you know, $4 million to record a record, you can't, you can't be <laughs> punk rock, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's basically what they did. They took, a, you know, $4 million and, and tried to make it sound like shit, whereas they should have just spent 20, you know, 20 grand and, and made it sound good, you know what I mean? Same process, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been, they did it backwards, and that's why it didn't work, in my eyes. You're telling me Green Day isn't punk? Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe on their first record when I was, you know, six or whatever. Kerplunk and... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, those different times, but, you know. With Metallica as well, and I think this is music in general, I think people have sort of a cartoonish way of looking at musicians and stuff, and don't equate music with life. No, absolutely not. You know, and, and there's a difference between being 17 and hungry yeah. and writing, you know, Kill em All yeah. and being, you know... 40-something, having 20 cars, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 mansions, kids, and, you know, and, and there's a different drive in your life, you know. Oh, That's totally, why I th- totally. think Death Magnetic is so fucking cool because yeah. they were still able to pull that album out. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, I mean, and, and bands evolve, and, and, and especially, yeah. like, in metal, you know, like, everyone wants their bread the way it's, you know, that they butter it, and and uh, people just get too nitpicky, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah, like, absolutely. You know, I mean, if you don't want to like the band, then don't like the band. I mean, I... I see a bunch of stuff on like forums and shit like that. Just people constantly talking shit. It's like, do you have nothing better to do with your life than just talk shit about bands? Like, I have never once in my life like had the urge, want, or need to talk shit about a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like to actually physically go on my computer, sign up, so I have a login name, so I can talk shit on this forum that only a bunch of other fans are gonna fucking read. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I've never understood that. Like, <laughs> I don't have the time. If you don't like somebody, cool. You don't fucking like them. Sweet. Yeah. That's the end of it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's plenty of bands I don't like, but I, like I said, I don't have the the drive. To, there's too much other shit going on in my life. Yeah. I don't have time to fucking talk shit. You know? the, the worst thing you can actually do to a band is not talk about them. Yeah. If if you talk bad about them, you're actually giving people incentive no, to go out and sure. say, well, sure. why is this guy talking shit? All right, well, let me invest, you know, let mm-hmm. me look into the bands. Yeah. You know what? They're cool. You know, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, yep, you know. Yep. So, um, what do we got here? Ah. The question about England. Um, you guys were on stage. Yep. You guys get off stage from playing and then find out that someone breaks into your van. Yeah, I mean, I literally walked off stage because uh, um, I, I saw the merch right after the after we're done playing, and I went to go back by the merch booth, and, and someone was waiting there. He said, "Dude, I think somebody just broke into one of your guys' vans," and I ran out, and uh, yeah, sure, shit, both the windows were smashed in, all our bags were taken out from under it, and. Yeah, it sucked. It was uh, it was completely helpless. You know, it just it just really sucked. And then we found out that the at that for some reason the money was in one of the bags. You know, from the tour money that we had that we had because we had just been touring for about a week. You know, yeah. in, in, in England, and all the money that we had accumulated it was all gone, and uh, it just sucked. I mean, it was just like, oh my god, this this is terrible feeling. Nothing you can really do. Call the cops. They, you know, they didn't even show up. They we just filed a police report on the phone and. And, uh, yeah, and then it just sucked because then in the end um, we had to get a different van because we couldn't get the windows fixed in time. And we, wow. Yeah, we um, to, to not miss shows. And, and obviously at this point we couldn't afford to miss any shows, yeah. you know what I mean? So we had to get another van. And, and uh, yeah, we just kept trucking. But, uh, you know, the donations definitely helped. You know, it, it definitely uh, it did what it needed to do. And, and, and uh, you know, we're still going. So that's uh, it's a shitty situation. But at the same time, it's it's pretty awesome and overwhelming to know that we have so many you know fans all around the world that, that want to contribute to this cause of what we're doing right and it just makes you feel really great cool um where should people go to pick up black river flow is there any place specifically you want I them to go i have no idea 
don't know what distribution is doing these days. Um, you know, any CD store that, that does you know, carry metal CDs, go check there first. But uh, honestly, your best bet is just search online. You know? Right. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you to pay for it, but uh, you probably shouldn't pay for it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a full supporter of, uh, of uh, making music free, you know, even though I, um, I am a musician, you know what I mean? And <laughs> right. Because what people don't understand is that it just, I don't know, like I'm not making money from music. I make it on, uh, on other ways, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and for me, like, it's more important to me to have the music out there and, and spreading because if people like it, they're going to come to your show and that means more money for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not buying the CD that's important to me. It's coming to my show, buying a t-shirt, spreading my name, telling people, you know, that's what's important, you know. Mm -hmm. That's that's what metal is fucking, you know, live shows. That's where you're, that's where everything is. Yeah. You know, so the CD, yeah, do you just go download it, go steal it, I don't give a fuck, you know, <laughs> that. it doesn't, the only person it hurts is, uh, is the record labels and you yeah. know what, they're, they're, they're fucking everybody anyway. Yeah. You know.
forward by Lazarus AD off of Black River's Flow. Still, in my opinion, one of the best albums to come out this year. Definitely the album that I've listened to the most uh, this year. I want to thank the people over at Metal Blades, Vince over at Metal Blades, who helped set that up. want to help Talita from Earache, who helped set up the first part of the Bonded by Blood interview with Jerry. And want to thank both bands, both Bonded by Blood and Lazarus AD for being so great to me uh, when I did go out and do the interviews. Um, you don't always find that. You go to interview a lot of these bands, or not a lot, you know, you get it from time to time where either uh, the promoter's a dick or, or the band itself or a bunch of, you know, jerks and... You know, these two bands are really down to earth, um, had a lot of things happen to them while on this tour, which obviously, you know, jettisoned two people from Bonded by Blood, and um, Lazarus AD had, you know, the issues that they had in England, so I want to wish the best of luck to Lazarus AD and Bonded by Blood, again, for being so nice to me, and I... I do enjoy both of their albums. Uh, I just so happen to absolutely love Black River's Flow. So uh, there we go. We're going to jump into part two with Jerry. And uh, since, you know, the both bands have a foot firmly in the past, firmly in some old school thrash and metal, uh, let's do that. Let's jump into a track by one of the quote-unquote big four Let's do a little Megadeth. Uh, this is Take No Prisoners. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So, um, with the last interview that I did with you, uh, there were roughly eight dates left in the European tour. Um, how did things wrap up with that tour? Uh, pretty good, you know. Uh, all personal things aside, uh, the shows were good. The uh, the outpour of fans was pretty good. Uh, and it's always nice to, you know, see fans from different countries come on and support you. And it, it turned out pretty well, you know. I had fun. Okay. And with the last interview, it looked like you were getting, you know, ready to write a new album with Bonded by Blood. And I remember the exact moment when I read the press release. I was talking to someone on the phone, and I muttered, holy shit, while I was uh, speaking to them, while I was reading the news and, and speaking to them. It really caught me off guard, you know, because it was basically, I think, two weeks after um, we had, you know, spoken to one another here in Spain. Um can you get into why you decided to leave the band or why you're no longer in Bonded by Blood? Well, there's a lot of personal stuff going on within the band, you know. Um, nothing nothing too dramatic, nothing too serious. Or, you know, we kind of stuck here on VH1 or whatever. But, um, I mean, it was a decision that was just slowly building within me. And um, before we... Before we even went out to Europe, uh, I had kind of made my mind up that if things didn't change and uh, if stuff didn't work out for the best, I was, I was going to leave. And I wanted to talk to the guys about it. But um, out of nowhere, uh, Alex decided to drop the bomb on us and tell us that he was gone and you know he wasn't in the band anymore. And this was on the last day of, of, uh, of the Death Angel tour. So it, huh. it kind of like yeah, I kind of thwarted my my plans to talk because, you know, I wanted to I wanted to talk to the guys and see if we could work out our, our differences. And uh, and Alex just sort of took the liberty to tell us he was gone. So um, I decided, you know, it, it wasn't in, in the band's best interest for me to just say, you know what, well I'm gone too, <laughs> especially right. when you got when you got a European tour and then at the time you had the, the Sepultura tour right after right after Europe. So uh, I kind of kept my mouth shut. And uh, I try to work things out. I try to I try to see how things were working. But in reality, it's just everything within the band. There was absolutely no communication. It's just like, you know, Alex is leaving. What are we going to do? I don't know. Well, what's going to happen? Well, I don't know. And it's just like, I got, I got frustrated with things because I wanted to work. I wanted to work things out. I, I went out of my way to contact guitar players that I knew. Uh, but it seemed like, and like I'm saying this from my point of view, so I don't really know what happened because nobody really talked to me. It seemed like nothing was being done, and when and when things got you know like under pressure, I, I wanted to I wanted to try to work things out, but it just seemed like to me it seemed like nobody was doing anything. And when I tried to 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 do something, it just seemed like nobody really cared. So uh, you know. But, you know, even, I mean, this is an ongoing thing, because even before I was in the band, apparently things were this way, where just everybody kept quiet and did nothing, and, and I just kind of felt like, I got fed up with it. I I decided that that I, I wanted to, if I was going to continue in this band, like, I at least wanted to 
I wanted there to be more communication because, you know, when nobody talks, it's, it's, everything's doomed to fail and everybody's doomed <laughs> to just leave. You know, you can't keep the group of people together without, you know, them talking or at least getting along and, and the more, you know, grown-up manner. So um, I, I made that decision. And then, you know, you go to Europe and every day it was just kind of like, you know, more of this, more of that shady stuff going on behind my back or behind everybody else's back and everybody talking about everybody. And I, I, just, get up. I just got set up with it, you know. And when I came back from Europe, I... I wanted to talk to the guys, but I was so, I was so willing to do the the simple tour tour, if you know things changed, if we we came to an agreement and we had a band meeting, and you know the guys basically told me that, you know they basically told me a lot of things that they were unhappy with me about, and I told them what I was you know basically feeling at the moment about them and about how things were working out and how just you know, how much I didn't approve of things that were, decisions that were being made and, you know, things that were going on, you know, on and off the stage. And we, we just both, I mean, I was leaving and they, they were telling me how unhappy they were with the things I was doing. So, you know, it, it ultimately just worked out. Like, it was kind of more of a mutual thing. Like, I'm gone and they're going to do their own thing and, and that's where we stand. And that's sort of surprising because after all these tours and everything, they wait until you guys get back home to try to work things out instead of thinking, you know, shit, we got this Sepultura tour going on, you know, or it's about to drop. Why don't we address this now? Because, you know, we're, we're going to, A, things may look weird to the fans on the outside that there's yet another lineup change. Um, B, you know, for the sake of, you know, the band and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the main songwriters of the last album are now no longer in the band. Isn't that correct? Uh, yes and no. I mean, with with the last album, a lot of the actual like riffs and stuff were definitely made by Juan. So he was he was a huge part in that album, music wise. And then, of course, the leads were all Alex, and Alex came up with. It riff and a song here and there. Uh, it was mainly one, so I can't really say that, you know, the, okay. the strongest part of the band is done as far as, you know, music making, you know. Even if one left, you know, Alex could have kept going or vice versa. And I think any one of us had the potential to just keep writing music, but but definitely it's it's a huge, huge blow to the band. And that's one, that's one of the main things I was afraid of. Like, I didn't want to leave and just make a team so damaging to the band where it's just like, well, originally you have the original bass player leaving, and then I came along, and everything seemed to be fine. But then, you know, Jose left, and that kind of hurt us. And we are just getting along well, and now Alex is gone, and now I'm gone. And it was, from a fan's point of view, it's like, what the fuck's going on? And I think, yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of the fans, you know, just really don't know what's going on. And then we left, and it's just, they never said anything. They, they didn't really clear the waters on anything. And then, you know, as a fan, as a ex-band member, you hear a lot of rumors going along, you know, from fans, like, every other night, a lot of fans, you know, would contact me and be like, you know, well, I just heard them say this, this, and this about you, and, you know, I just lost respect <laughs> for the band because, you know, they were talking shit about you or whatever. I, I can't really say it was true or not, you know, people like to make right. things up. People like <laughs> to, or people take things extremely out of context, but I, I think it's good to clear the water that, you know, it, 
ultimately, it just wasn't going to work out. You know, it, it was. I don't know about Alex's point of views. I mean, he he has a completely different influence style, and I'm sure he's a better fit for Holy Grail. I, I mean, I, you know, he left. He left, and he's he's now with Holy Grail. He, if he would have told us, you know, you know, I'm not really happy with you guys, or I, I really think I need a musical change, and he would have told us, you know, I'm going to Holy Grail. I don't think any of us would have been like, no, nah, fuck that, you can't leave. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean. I mean, it just it makes perfect sense, and I'm sure he's, he's doing well right now, but but unfortunately, the fans don't understand, and they don't really see what really goes on within the band, and uh, that's just sad truth of almost every band that's out there. You know, sometimes things just don't work out. Yeah, yeah, and from speaking to you in the past, and from speaking to people from Holy Grail. Um, I mean, that made complete sense because both Bonded by Blood and Holy Grail had toured together and got along really well. So, you know, it seemed like a logical fit for him. But also Holy Grail's another band that, you know, sort of same deal where they have a constant revolving lineup. So um, hopefully things work out for him. But at the same time, you know, they have been sort of shaky with various band members and and it's strange they still have Larue listed as their guitarist. So there's, yeah, mm-hmm. there's, well, there's a lot of speculation. I, like I said before, I can't really comment on any of that. I mean, right. I, I I mean Alex, as far as I know, he hasn't even been announced as a new guitar player. He had announced himself, which is something that to me is like disrespectful. Just just for the fact that you know he left the band that he started and has been his life. You know, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how things work out with them. I don't know what kind of pressures they're under. I don't know. Maybe, maybe nobody just likes to edit things on the band page. Maybe they. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's, it's easy. It's easy for people to say things like, "Oh, you know." But in reality, you know, I mean, what I do know about them is we toured with them. They were all, you know, fantastic guys. I got along with them, you know, very well, and I, I became really good friends with with a lot of them. You know, especially the old bass player. Uh, Jesse Sanchez and and James Larue, they're they're amazing people. So uh, all I can say is that they're really cool guys, and uh, you know I'm I'm sure they're gonna do great, you know, regardless of who or what members they have. Okay, and is there one? I mean, you sound very positive though with everything that you're saying. You you obviously don't want to get yourself into any trouble either, but you're obviously not you know, dishing any dirt on anyone. So it seems as if there were some positive things that you took away from the Bonded by Blood experience. Is there one thing that you could pinpoint and say, you know what, looking back, this would be like the one moment that it will stick with me forever? I think, I think, uh, well, I, I definitely don't regret anything I did with the band. I mean, that has to be clear. But I think the one thing that really strikes me and, and, and really will stick with me forever is, is being able to to reach people, you know, through music yeah, in, in such a, a great way. And it's it's definitely a, a humbling experience, you know, to be looked upon by a bunch of people, you know, younger and older than you. It's like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> why would you look up to me? But, you know, they don't really look at... <laughs> But it's not—it's not so much that they look up to me; it's they look up to to the music, to to the art you've created, and 
that, that to me says a lot. Okay. And you mentioned to me via email that you're starting to work on a new project. Can you tell us anything about that project? Yes. Um, it's a pretty long story, you know, but, you know, when I came back uh, from, from Europe, I, I already had a bunch of songs and stuff written out. I, I was, you know, if, if things work out, you know, this could be material for the third album for, for Bonded. But, you know, obviously that didn't work out. So uh, I said, I could easily, you know, have said, you know what, I'm done with music. I'm going to go back to school. But I can't do that. I, I got to write music. I got to keep playing shows. Uh, in a way, that's kind of what keeps me sane. So uh, I started this project of, of my own. It was unnamed at the moment. And uh, I was writing songs. It was just me by myself. And at the same time, you know, Jose, our old singer, was doing his own thing. It was a human abortion. But I don't know. He seemed like he gave up on it. And he had been talking to me for, you know, a couple of days and weeks, kind of like trying to persuade me into working with him until finally I, uh, I agreed. I said, you know what, we should work together, but it's not going to be human abortion and it's not going to be, you know, any of the members you have or you might have in your band if you want to work. Like, and I want it to be something that ours, not, you know, yours. I don't want it to be like, I don't want it to sound like, selfish, but I just didn't want to be like, oh, I joined his thing, when in reality, a lot of it was already, you know, things that I was doing, so we started right. work. We started working together, we, we didn't even come up with a name, which, you know, he says that, in a way, I kind of like, you know, brought him back into music, because he had just given up on it, and I was like, so that's straw, and yeah, so we started looking for members, we, we tried out a few drummers, some were horrible, some were good, some were great. Uh, and we found a, a very, very good drummer. He's a, a aspiring jazz teacher, and he's a really solid drummer. His name is Steven Ramirez, and uh, he's going to be working with us on the drums. And we also, so they had already found this, this, this guitar player before, and his name is Andrew Bennett. Yeah, no relation to the Ben Bennett that apparently replaced me for the tour. <laughs> but uh, he's a... Uh, He's a very, very good guitar player, and and they're both on top of that. They're just really, really great people, you know. So we've we've just been jamming, jamming, writing music. Andrew has a lot of material of his own. I have a lot of my material, and Stephen just comes up with really great stuff on the drums. And uh, he's he's probably one, if not the best drummer I've ever played with. So uh, there's a lot of really, really good things working out at the moment, and. Uh, the band's name is Wormhole, and uh, that's what we're working on right now. So hopefully soon we will be recording and playing shows. Okay. And the style of the band, is is it going more towards what you did with Bonded, since some of the material was going to be you know, um, on that third album, or is it going in, in a different direction than that? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, two members, two king members of that album are in this band, so I'm sure there's bound to be a lot of similarities as far right. as songwriting and well, vocals, of course. But uh, Andrew Andrew and Steven bring a lot of new things to the table that are very interesting and, and something that we like. We don't want to be like, we don't want to like, definitely what me and Jose didn't want to do is write another album or another 
and then start another band that sounded just like Bonded because that would be counterproductive. We want to do our own thing and do our own uh, our own sound. So I think we're we're gonna accomplish that with this band. It's definitely gonna be interesting to see how things work out. You know. Okay, and um, you guys are in the writing stage right now. Could you foresee by a specific, you know, date later on this year that maybe you guys would start shopping this around, or is it all still up in the air? It's all up in the air right now. We have a lot of work to do, and we we still have to, you know, get a lot of songs down, a lot of songs solid. I don't want to just settle for the first three, four, or five songs we write and then record them. I want to really make sure, I think we all really want to make sure that material is as solid as possible and get out, you know, start recording and then playing shows, um, you know, doing doing everything as professionally as we possibly can. Okay. Has there, has there been any type of interest from people at labels or anything like that that have heard that you guys have been getting together and maybe reach out to you to to see what's been going on so far, or you haven't even reached that stage yet. Well, I know that Jose has been reached by a few people in the industry, and you know, um, I don't know. I, I, we're kind of iffy on the subject of you know getting signed and doing the whole thing, just because. Well, personally, I'm so opinionated on the subject, and it's something that I wouldn't want to be unhappy doing again as far as signing a label and then you know being fucking basically just ripped off every night or just being screwed with you know like rights for your music and your artwork or whatever has been done so right now we're 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 more just focusing on music and playing shows and if a proper uh, deal comes along if a proper label with, with you know a deal that makes sense instead of a deal that you know doesn't make any sense, and bands still find them for, you know, whatever reason, we're not going to find anything. We'd rather so take there's... the, the do-it-yourself routine, you know, than to sign a yeah. label. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to ask, if if there was a possibility of maybe doing something like that, offering it via the web as, as a paid download or something, as opposed to having you know, some some label behind you dictating exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think I think within between me and Jose we have enough more than enough experience to to do know what to and what not to do. And you right. know, it's not like it's not like we're playing music to become millionaires, you know, or we're trying to trying to like <laughs> live in a fucking yacht or something ridiculous. But you right. know you know, it's 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 good to be tech savvy, especially in this modern age where you know, everything's on to computers and the internet. So we're definitely gonna use that to our advantage and you know, to get fans out there. I think I think that when the news comes out and uh when people start, you know, realizing at least, at least you know, old wanted fans that we know they're working, I think they're gonna be very happy about that. And uh I'm happy about it, you know. He's somebody that that uh, I was always good friends with, you know. He's annoying and everything, but who's not annoying, <laughs> you know? And uh, right. we get along well. We did a good job on on the album, and you know we're we're good friends. You know, on top of everything, so there's a lot of good chemistry going on right now. Hopefully, everything works out. You know, it's interesting when the news came out that 
you'd left the band, his Facebook page got bombarded with questions about him possibly working with you. And uh, I remember one of his answers was something to the effect of, um, it's too soon to tell, uh, but never say never. So something to that extent. So yeah, it's the, just interesting. Yeah. The whole time he was kind of, you know, seducing me into working with him. And, and at the time I was very, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't really up for it. Just, just for the fact that in my mind, I was like, nah, like, I, I could do my own thing. I could do vocals myself. I want this to be my thing. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, like, I don't, I wouldn't mind working with him. Why, why would I mind working with him? We've already done it before, and so uh, you know, I agreed, and now we're we're doing this. And we're very uh, excited about it. Sounds very cool. I mean, everything that you've mentioned sounds really neat, and um, I personally can't wait to hear what comes of it. So definitely have to keep a wormhole uh, in mind and and see what ends up coming out of everything. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure it's gonna be good. <laughs> a lot of the songs and riffs. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just earlier I finished the song and I'm like, yes, this is solid. This is gonna work very good. So uh, I'm looking. I'm, I'm very optimistic about the material we have, and, and I think it's gonna be very, very good. I can't wait for you know Stephen and Andrew to, and to put you know their their take on it because they're very good musicians as well, and uh, I think it's gonna be great. Left abandoned with us. 
find Megadeth. Uh, this came out a few months ago. It was the first thing that they've recorded with Dave Ellison uh, since what, Risk? Or no, I'm sorry, The World Needs a Hero. Um, anyway, since Jerry discussed Megadeth, decided to play some Megadeth before and after a uh, band that I absolutely love, uh, do want to mention that I've been in talks with Dave Elfson, and he sent me some comments regarding a Megadeth album that will appear shortly in the Classic Albums column. Remember that uh, anyone that wants to send their input in regarding that column can do so by writing us at input at marsattacksradio.com. Sorry, I was about to give my work email address out there for a second. Uh, anyway... Once again, I want to thank both Jeff and Jerry for coming on and doing the interview. Also want to thank you, the listener, for coming back and checking this out. And remember to subscribe via iTunes. Remember to leave your comments on iTunes as well or on the website. We have some interesting stuff coming out in the next few weeks. At least I think it'll be interesting. I do want to apologize for the delays once you think that uh, you know you have everything figured out, uh, life throws you uh, for another loop. So yeah, uh, some other things beyond my control have come up, which are neither here or there, but whatever. We will continue to put stuff out, even if it's every so often, but we're going to continue to try to do this on a weekly basis. And uh, any feedback... Uh, that you'd like to send anything good, bad, or indifferent, send it directly to uh, input at marsattacksradio.com. Thanks again for listening, and we're going to leave you with some live Megadeth off of the Big Four box set, which I received not too long ago. Uh, This is for the track Hook in Mouth. See you next time right here on Mars Attacks Podcast. (laughs) 